It's usually peaceful, but the vandalism of mines enrages it. Offenders will be incinerated with flames that reach 2,700 degrees Fahrenheit. It's gentle usually, but fearsome when angered, with a body that burns over 2,700 degrees Fahrenheit. It crushes its foes and turns them to ash. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Dragon Dance, a Pokemon podcast. If you're new to this podcast, hi, my name is Santiago, and this is the Pokemon podcast where I go over each unique Pokemon type combination, when it first appeared in the series, and all of the Pokemon with that type combination, and any fun facts about either the Pokemon themselves or the type combination. So guess what guys, today is Fusion Friday, so in today's episode I will be going over a type combination Unlike last week where I, uh, it was just a bonus episode where I shared my feelings on the bug type. I don't know if you remember that, but that's what last week was. <laughs> uh, anyways, before we get into this episode, I do want to give some personal life updates. So um, <laughs> yesterday I was uh, actually in the ER, you know, in the emergency room. Uh, I know that each episode comes out on Friday, but I'm working on the script, uh, on the drafting and the editing of the podcast on Wednesdays and Thursdays, but on Tuesday, that's the day that where I was in the actual ER. And no need to worry, I'm feeling a lot better now. <laughs> um, but anyways, so on Tuesday morning, I woke up with a really dry mouth and throat. So naturally, because I was so dry, I, I just went to go drink some water. And once I started drinking the water, I felt like something was stuck in my throat. So I went to the bathroom to try to spit it out or cough it out. Uh, couldn't spit it out, uh, couldn't cough it out and whatever was, uh, but I could feel that something was stuck in my mouth and then I got just super nauseous and just started dry heaving. And so what I found out was that my uvula was swollen and slightly descended. And if you don't know what a uvula is, it's that piece of tissue that dangles between your mouth and your throat. It's that little, um, thing that looks kind of like an anchor. I, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. But anyways, uh, I realize it's my uvula, and obviously it's a tissue part of my body, and I can't spit it out. And I got kind of scared because I don't, I don't know if it was torn or why it was hanging lower than usual. So, uh, so I wake my wife up because it's six a.m. and I, I told, I tell her like, hey, yo, something, something's wrong. Uh, can you please take me to the ER? And so she takes me to the ER, and there they confirmed that it was indeed my uvula that was swollen. And so they had to do a few tests to see that, just to make sure that I didn't have COVID or strep. And thankfully, both of those uh, tests came back negative. Uh, but while I was there, they did give me some nebulized epinephrine to see if it would uh, reduce the swelling. And that didn't really work. Uh, I had to wear like one of those masks that you see on TV where like uh, they give you like oxygen and stuff like that. But it wasn't oxygen. It was nebulized epinephrine. Um, after that, they gave me some digestible lidocaine. Uh, to just to numb the feeling and that worked too well <laughs> not only could I not feel my uvula but I also could not feel my tongue or my lips uh, so I kind of so I kind of talked a little funny while I was in the ER um, 
And after that, I got an injection of uh, some type of medication that would help with the reduce with the with the swelling. And so I was in the ER for a few hours, like three or four hours, but I'm feeling a lot better now. Um, it's just that day I didn't feel too well, felt nauseous, and I couldn't really eat any solid foods. So I just ate ramen and soup, <laughs> soups all day. Uh, <laughs> so sorry, guys, if that was TMI. I just wanted to give an update on how I'm doing since, one, I never really get sick, uh, much less get sick or hurt to the point where I need to go to the ER. So I just kind of felt like giving that little that little update. But anyways, back to what you guys came for. So today's episode, as if you couldn't tell by the title, is on Fire Rock. So I chose this typing because I knew that I wanted to go over an episode on a fire slash something combination. I already did one on water. Uh, I did one on grass. So naturally, fire was the next one in line. So the second type, I kind of just chose it at random. Uh, didn't really have any preference as to what the second typing would be. Um, and, you know, just after looking at all the Pokemon with this type combination, I'm honestly not too upset that I picked the fire rock type. Uh, <laughs> so before we actually get into any actual Pokemon... Let's talk strengths and weaknesses. So, the fire rock type combination is weak to the following types. Fighting, rock, ground, and water. Four weaknesses normally isn't too bad. However, fire rock has a four times weakness to ground and water. So, that kind of sucks. It does, however, have seven resistances. It resists normal, fairy, flying, poison, bug, ice, and fire, with it having a four times resistance to fire. So, not bad at all, right? And on the offensive side of things, it will hit the following things for super effective damage. Bug, grass, ice, steel, flying, and fire. So, not bad, not bad at all. And... So now let's get into the Pokemon. So who's the first Pokemon with the Fire Rock slash Rock Fire typing? It's none other than Macargo. Macargo uh, is known in the Pokedex as the Lava Pokemon. And this category it shares with its pre-evolution Slugma. Cue the Slugma jokes. But unlike Macargo, Slugma is a pure fire type, making Macargo the first of its kind. Now... I'm not going to lie, for the longest time, I really thought that Macargo was a Generation 3 Pokemon. And the reason because of the, and the reason for this is because I don't remember finding it in any, in my version of Pokemon Silver. Although, granted, I was a little kid when I played the game, so I might have just been looking in the wrong place, or might have not progressed as far enough to find a Macargo, or sorry, Slugma, and then to Macargo. But when I did play Pokemon Sapphire, I found this thing everywhere on the fiery path if you don't know what i'm uh what i'm talking about it's that like cave path between gyms uh gym number three i think it was marvel city into oh god i can't remember what the name of the town was farborough town or something like that but anyways you know that fire that it's like a cave and i just found like a bunch of slugmas there but anyway i found a bunch of slugmas in that in that path and and uh, the next gym leader after gym number three, gym number four was a fire type gym leader and her name was Flannery and she used a lot of gen three fire types like Nummel, Camerupt, and Torkoal. 
And she also had a Slugma on her team. So naturally, I thought that Macargo and Slugma were introduced in Generation 3. But anyways, so Macargo is based on a gastropod mollusk. So just think of it as a snail, but made out of magma, which is, you know, pretty neat. Its shell is made out of dried magma, and according to its Pokedex, it, if part of its shell breaks off, it can reform that shell using its own magma. And <laughs> so it's said that it reaches temperatures of up to 18,000 degrees Fahrenheit, or 10,000 degrees Celsius. That's a little ridiculous. Granted, the Pokedex isn't known... Is, sorry. Granted, the Pokedex is known to have some crazy, crazy descriptions. So... If this particular one was true, it would be hotter than the surface of the sun. It would literally create a path of destruction as it's sliding across the surface of the earth. It's insane. But anyways, Macargo draws its name from a combination of magma and escargot, which escargot is French for snail, if you didn't know that. There's your fun fact for the day. And honestly, that's probably the best description for it. It's a snail made out of magma. Magcargo has three abilities. It's got Magma Armor, Flame Body, and its hidden ability, Weak Armor. Magma Armor prevents the Pokemon from being frozen, as well as reducing the amount of steps it needs for hatching eggs by half. So you'd only need to take half the amount of steps to hatch a particular egg. And this is great if you you plan on breeding uh, and hatching a bunch of eggs throughout your playthrough. Uh, and Flame Body has a 30% chance to burn your opponent if your opponent makes a con- makes contact with, uh, with the user. And it also does what Magma Armor does. It also reduces the amount of um, steps needed to hatch eggs. So in short, Macargo is a really good buddy to have on your team if you know you're going to be doing a lot of breeding and hatching eggs. We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action-adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes... It doesn't quite work. And you have, you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off? The, no. way, the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out The Gaming Blender on all your favourite podcast platforms now. And finally, Weak Armor. So what Weak Armor does is if the user is hit with a physical type move, its defense will drop by one stage, and its speed will increase by two stages. But Macargo is kind of slow, and its defenses, although it is a rock type, it is it is strong. But I kind of think weak armor isn't all that great, um, just because its its defenses are going to keep lowering, and its speed is not going to be all that impressive in the end. You know. Uh, so that's it for Macargo. On to the next one. So the next fire rock type isn't really seen until six generations later with the introduction of Carcoal and Colossal. These two Pokemon are actually part of a three-stage evolution line 
But to be completely honest, I thought that the first stage, its first stage, Roly Coley, was also Fire Rock. But apparently it's just a pure rock type, so I learned something new today. <laughs> um, Karkle and Colossal and Roly Coley, for that matter, all share the same Pokedex entry uh, as the Cole Pokemon. Fun fact, uh, Torkoal is also known as the Cole Pokemon, so... Technically, there's four Pokemon with the Dex entry as the Cole Pokemon. Those being Carcoal, Colossal, Roly Coley, and Torkoal. But only uh, Carcoal and Colossal are Fire Rock types. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, that that I said that so much that I was starting to get tongue-tied. Uh, anyway, so I personally have some mixed feelings about these two Pokemon. Uh, thankfully I was able to, to avoid, uh, a bunch of spoilers for Sword and Shield, including this Pokemon line. So when I first saw Roly Coley and its pre-evolution, that was like my first time seeing it in, while I was playing the game. So I like their typing. I was on board with their design up until it evolved into Colossal. Its first stage, Roly Coley, is a lump of coal that moves around because it's, its wheel is just a bigger coal. So it's just this lump of coal that's moving on a singular piece of coal on the bottom of its body. And I don't know if you know this, but there's those big like uh, motorized skateboards that only have one wheel in the middle. Uh, that's motorized, right? And they gave me like a bunch of those vibes. And uh, when it evolves into car coal, it looks like a mine cart or one of those carts that's pulled by a train, you know, just full of hot coal and it moves, and it has four wheels, so that just made me think of a mine cart or a cart that's pulled by a train. So naturally, I thought, hey, here's a Pokemon based on coal and wheels, so this thing has to evolve into some kind of coal-slash-steam-powered locomotive, right? I thought it was going to be so cool. So imagine my disappointment when Carcoal finally evolves into this Rhyperior-looking knockoff. And they had the chance to rectify it with his Gigantamax form. But nah, it pretty much just stayed the same. Its Gigantamax form doesn't look all that different. It just it just looks bigger. Um, and yeah, so I was really bummed because I grew really attached to my own Roly Coley. Because once I found it in that one cave in Sword and Shield, kept it on my team, evolved into Carcoal, got really attached to it. And I was just waiting for the final evolution. I will admit that it has it has now grown on me, right? And now I don't mind it that much. But when I first saw Colossal, dude, it was kind of a letdown. Um, its main ins- its main inspiration is that it's some type of coal furnace, right? But it but it resembles Rhyperior a lot. They're both bipedal rock monsters that have plates of rock as armor around its abdomen and its shoulder, and it's got a similar looking face. So the similarities uh, to Rhyperior kind of threw me off the colossal hype train. But, you know, one generation later, I'm starting to appreciate it a little bit more. So that's nice, right? <laughs> um, anyways, so Karkul and Colossal both share the same three abilities. It's got Steam Engine, Flame Body, and its hidden ability is Flash Fire. I'm not going to go over Flame Body again since I just covered that with Macargo. Its hidden ability, Flash Fire gives the user an immunity to fire, and if it's quote-unquote hit by a fire-type attack, one, it's not going to do any damage, and two, 
it's going to boost the power of the user's fire type attack by 50%. It doesn't matter if it's a special fire attack or a physical fire attack. It's going to raise uh, the, the uh, damage by 50%. So not bad at all, right? But these two abilities are nothing compared to Colossal's, the Colossal Line's signature ability of Steam Engine. Uh, just the Colossal Line. Colossal Line is the only one with this particular ability, Steam Engine. And what it does is if the user is hit with either a fire or water type move, the user's speed stat increases by six stages. So, theoretically, if you have a solid strategy, this thing can be one of the fastest things on the field. It's bulky and it can work as both a physical or a special attacker. So this thing has monstrous potential if you know how to strategize pretty well with it. So... On to the last few ones. <laughs> so previously I covered Water Fairy and Grass Bug. And those types were pretty neat. I can't complain about them. Uh, I liked all the Pokemon that I covered in, in those episodes. But both of those combos didn't have a single regional form to their name. So, sorry. So let me introduce you to our first regional form on this show. Hisuian Growlithe and Hisuian Arcanine. Hisuian Growlithe is known as the Scout Pokemon, and Hisuian Arcanine is known as the Legendary Pokemon. Uh, in the game's Pokemon Legends Arceus, these Rockfire Pokemon came to us under some really interesting circumstances. First of all, one, it's a regional, meaning that they're only available in certain games or only obtainable via special trades in different games or special distributions uh, in that particular form. But you cannot find them in their regional form outside of the game which they were introduced in. And two, they came to us in a spin-off game. But it's a little confusing because these spin-off games are also considered canon to the mainline games. So it was introduced to us as part of generation 8.5 because it was between sword and shield and scarlet and violet and sword and shield is generation 8 and scarlet and violet is officially generation 9 but legends pokemon legends arceus is this weird um side game that has really good (laughs) lore and added more pokemon and I, I don't know. It's it's confusing. But that doesn't matter. Because what does matter is how awesome these thing, these two things are. Uh, I don't really... I don't think that uh, these two really needed a regional form. They were both pretty well liked and used, uh, used pretty well. Whether it was on a casual playthrough or competitive. Or at least Arcanine was used competitively. But I personally think it's nice when regional forms are given to Pokemon that have been somewhat neglected in the past. But it's still nice that these guys got a regional form. Hisuian Growlithe, much like its Cantonian counterpart, evolves into Hisuian Arcanine when exposed to a Firestone. There's not a lot of information about these particular forms, but what we can infer from the contents of Pokemon Legends Arceus and the lore that Growlithe and Arcanine already have we can make educated guesses about their Hisuian forms. In the past, when the land of Hisui, which is now the Sinnoh region, was first being explored, 
Hisuian Arcanine was seen as the like a guardian deity of sorts, protecting the people, the Pokemon, and the habitat of the coastal uh, sorry Cobalt coastlands. It was blessed by the great protector of Hisui, um, and this and thus it was made more powerful than its peers. Then over time, as natural natural selection, which is a type of which is a mechanism of evolution, took place. The Growlithe and Arcanine without the rock type became better suited for their environment and the fire rock type kind of just died out, which is a little sad when you think about it, but it happens in real life too, you know, certain species do die out because they're not well suited for the changes of their environment or they can adapt and become something else that once resembled their ancestor. Speaking of ancestors... Growlithe and Arcanine are based off a mythical creature in Asia, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name. I know I'm going to butcher it. But anyways, this mythical creature resembles a mix between lions and dogs. And these creatures are also seen as protectors of sorts uh, due to the fact that they that they have like there's a lot of statues of these things uh, in pairs in front of homes and other culturally significant locations that are used to drive away evil spirits and invite good-natured spirits, which makes sense why Hisuian Arcanine and Hisuian Growlithe got the right rock typing to reference the fact that these, to reference these statues and what they represent to Asian cultures. So, because these things got regional forms, I should also mention what the differences in their. Uh, what the differences are between them and their regular Cantonian counterpart in the stats department. So I will say that not much has changed. Both Hisuian Arcanine and Hisuian Growlithe have the same stat total. They don't have any more points than their Cantonian counterparts, but the only difference is that they did lose a few points in speed in favor for their physical attack. Both of these Hisuian forms have the same three abilities, those being Intimidate and Flash Fire, and his hidden ability is Rockhead. I already previously covered what Flash Fire does, so I don't need to go over that again, but I will go over Intimidate. So Intimidate is a really, really good ability for competitive purposes. So when this Pokemon is first sent out onto the field, the ability is activated and it lowers the attack stat of the opponent, or opponents if you're doing doubles, by one stage. And this occurs every time the user is sent out into the field. So, you know, it's pretty good when uh, when you're trying to play a more defensive game. And Rockhead prevents the user from taking recoil damage. This is a really good ability for Hisuian Arcanine because it has access to a lot of strong recoil type moves. And now it can, with Rockhead, it can spam those moves without having to worry about taking damage itself. The moves that Hisuian Arcanine can learn that do recoil damage are Flare Blitz, which is a fire-type attack, Head Smash, which is a rock-type attack, Double Edge and Takedown, both of those are normal-type attacks, and Wild Charge, which is an electric attack. So with Rockhead, Hisuian Arcanine can spam those moves, Not and, and they're both pretty strong moves, and now it doesn't have to worry about um, losing... Losing HP due to recoil. So, normally this is the part of the show where I go over 
how these type combinations did in the competitive competitive scene. But unfortunately, <laughs> there's nothing to share on the VGC side of things. Mad Cargo, while kind of cool in concept, was unfortunately a slow Pokemon with mediocre attack stats. Colossal was very popular in VGC when it was first introduced, but unfortunately due to COVID-19, the VGC World uh, Championship wasn't held in 2020 or 2021, where it would have undoubtedly made an appearance. And Hisuian Arcanine, while its stats are impressive, well, it's got an impressive stats uh, and move pool, it was, it's plagued by the fact that, one, it's a newer Pokemon, and two, it's a regional form that hasn't been released or made legal in Scarlet and Violet. But when it does come out and it does become legal for competitive use, I'll try my hardest to bring that good boy up all the way to the top. <sighs> so anyways, that does it for me. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of Dragon Dance, a Pokemon podcast. I am your host, Santiago. And if you want to follow me on social media, I am at the Aztec Dragon on both Twitter and Instagram. And I'll catch you guys in the next one as I talk about the electrifying Pokemon with toxic personalities. It's the electric poison type. Later, guys. Later, guys.